Welcome to Life After Childbirth. My name is Weslina Maxey and I'm an occupational therapist on an extraordinary path to change women's health and the care we receive postpartum. Join me as we grow together on this journey. Let's talk Life After Childbirth. So when people talk about pregnancy, they ask how you're doing. They talk about, oh, I bet you're going to get that epidural. I bet you can't wait to get that baby out. Um, oh, are you worried about labor? All those things. But they don't actually prepare you for labor. They don't tell you how to prepare. They don't say if it's going to hurt or if it's just a little bit or or really anything. They just don't talk about it in detail. We shy away from the things that did hurt so we don't scare the people, but the best thing you can do is be prepared. So with, when I was pregnant with Tedwin, I tried to be prepared. I, well, kind of, I looked up preparation classes, but there was none before I was due. So I was like, okay, I didn't ask other people. I didn't watch any videos. I didn't look up any classes because I honestly just didn't know any better. I was 22. Um, No one said anything. I just said, oh, I'll just go with the flow. Like whatever happens, I'll try without an epidural. And then if I need it, I need it. You know, no big deal. And honestly, that's what I hear from a lot of people. They just say, I'm just going to go with the flow. Whatever happens, happens. And it's just crazy that something so big that happens to our body, we just go with the flow about. We don't ask questions. We don't second guess that we need to know more about our bodies and about how to use those muscles. And those are the muscles that are going to stretch during labor and all of that. Over a million women give birth each year. Pregnancy and birth are two examples of a traumatic event. And a traumatic event is defined as an event marked by a sense of apprehension or helplessness. Pregnancy and childbirth are a tremendous event in a woman's life. You would think we'd want to be prepared and maybe we do want to, we just don't know how to be prepared. We don't know that there are questions to ask or things to look up and educate ourselves on. And that's definitely was the case with when I was pregnant with Tedwin. I just didn't know what I didn't know. With Olivia, it was a very different story. I had already became an occupational therapist, so I kind of even knew even more about bodies in general. And I knew I wanted to try natural. I really, really, truly, that's what my plan was. That's what I wanted to do. I had a different doctor at that time. I actually had a midwife uh, the second go around. Um, and I educated myself. I watched videos that, you know, showed natural births and what the body goes through and what happens to the body when you do get an epidural and how to advocate for yourself, how to write a birth plan and have a plan in place. And even for every event, like say a person had to have an emergency C-section or an episiotomy, like those things do happen. So why not have a plan for those things? And most of the time you don't need an episiotomy. And episiotomy is when some, a doctor or the person, the birth person that's um, helping you through childbirth cuts you from vaginal canal to your anus. And that's a really big thing to come back from for your pelvic floor. And 
most time it's not actually needed. It's just easier to get that baby out instead of, you know, figuring out how to move your pelvic floor and get the baby out yourself. So just things to think about, things to have on your plan, things to, you know, if this, it goes this direction, this is what I want. If it goes this direction, this is what I want. Like on my birth plan, if I ended up having a C-section, I wanted to write out that Colby was allowed in the room. Like I wanted him in in the room because I had a friend that she had to have an emergency C-section and they didn't allow the husband in the room during all that. And it was just like a big thing. And like I said, it's a traumatic event. And no matter if you have a great childbirth, a great labor, all of that, it's still very traumatizing to your body. You still go through a whole thing of hormones, a whole thing of just having a baby inside of you and now not having a baby inside of you. Um, you know, the mental health of all of that. It's a very big event. And then on top of that, if you do have a traumatic experience and you don't know how to handle that, you don't know what to do, you don't know if this is normal, if this is not normal, and all of those things. And that's where we go wrong with not talking about all of that. Not talking about what a first degree tear is, what a second degree tear is, and what it feels like to push your placenta out afterwards because that's almost as worse as freaking pushing the baby out. Um, I remember with Ted when I literally, the only way I can describe it is someone putting a knife in my stomach and then twisting it when I was trying to get all the placenta out and all the um, blood and all of that and the extra clots. Um, that's the only way I can describe it and it was a terrifying feeling and I hated it. With Olivia, it still felt pretty terrible, but at least I knew what was coming. At least I was prepared. I knew that part was going to hurt, and I was going to be able to get through it because I knew what was coming. Now, with Tedwin, I, like I said, I went with the flow. I ended up getting an epidural when I was at, like, a five, I think, and um, didn't go really well. I hated not being able to move. I hated it. I hated the feeling... I hated not being able to move my own body, get up, and all of that. I felt very disconnected to my body, which is not what you want when you're in labor. You want to feel connected to your body. You need to be able to feel what's going on so you can help your pelvic floor relax. Now that I know all of this, you want to know what's going on. You want to know how to coordinate your breath into your pelvic floor. And even if you have an epidural, you can still coordinate your breath to your pelvic floor because if you work on that and you practice that you can coordinate what your pelvic floor is doing even though you can't totally feel it with an epidural and because if you coordinate it with your breath then the breath will tell what your pelvic floor is doing because you're telling what you're telling your breath what to do and towards the end once I actually was in full labor and childbirth and I was able to feel most of it um with Tedwin even though I still had parts of the epidural, but parts of it I still could feel. So, and I was on my back, which isn't the greatest position for labor. There are lots of different labor positions that you can be in. Some are more ideal for your doctor. Some are more ideal for you. And it really should be about you because it is your body. If you are lying on your back, then 
If you look at a pelvis, you can see that the tailbone is pointed up towards the ceiling if you're lying on your back. You're actually working against gravity in that way. If you're down in a squat or on all fours, it kind of helps gravity. Gravity can help you in those positions and your tailbone's not in your way. <clears throat> if you talk to some people, they'll have tailbone pain after giving childbirth. And this is exactly why, because it does get in the way of the baby's head coming through. And if you're in a certain position, it could even be worse on you. Now, if you have an epidural and you aren't able to move your legs and all of that, there are safe positions to get yourself in and having your birth partner help you in those positions. Um, anybody in the room can help you in those positions. Like side-lying is a good one. If you do have an epidural, it still it cancels out gravity. So side-lying is a really good one. Even if you don't have an epidural, if, you, if that's just something that you need to be relaxed in and you need to just rest, Sideline is a really good one. And believe it or not, you have decisions when you're in labor. You decide what happens to your body. No one comes in that room. Now, it will happen, but no one should come in that room and say, okay, we're having a C-section. Okay, this is happening. No, they have to ask you. It is still your body, whether you are in a hospital or not. They still have to educate you on what's happening and why they're doing this. Ask questions. Say, okay, why? And just watch them just stumble across their words because you're actually asking about what's happening to you. These are the questions that need to be asked. These are all the things that we don't talk about and we should. We shouldn't just let things happen. And I did that a lot when I was um, in labor with Tedwin. I let a lot of things just happen and I didn't even know why. I didn't know that I should know why. And with Olivia, it was a lot different. I had her all natural I got my dream, and I tell you what, it was the most amazing thing. If I ever wanted to get pregnant again, it's because I wanted to go through labor again, which is so crazy to even say. Um, but it was that amazing. It hurt, but it was amazing. That high you feel afterwards is just very, very empowering. I asked questions. I was able to move during um, my labor. I was able to be on all fours. I was able to stand, walk, get in a shower. I sat on the toilet a little bit for it um, because every contraction I felt like I was going to piss myself. So I was like, okay, I'll just stay on the toilet. Um, and then the shower helped a lot. And then those are questions that you can ask before you go into labor. Like, will I have access to a shower? Will I have access to a birth ball, a peanut ball? Can I move around? Um, and that really shouldn't be a question like, can I move around? You should be able to move around. But having those conversations before and you know your options and you have that birth ball or the shower right there. If you can get in a good position of on all fours or leaning against your partner or leaning against the wall, those are all good things to think about. And then if your provider will let you eat or drink, um, some won't let you eat just in case you do have to have that emergency C-section. And then during your whole pregnancy, and even before, honestly, but during your whole pregnancy, working on pelvis movement, working on exercises that help your pelvis move, help your pelvic floor move, figuring out how to coordinate your breath to your pelvic floor and open and help that baby come out so that way you're not straining so much and you're not pushing so much and you don't go purple faced while you're in labor because you shouldn't have to um 
if you you can work with a pelvic floor therapist you can work with a doula um, a pelvic floor therapist will know more about pelvic floor obviously and a doula will be your support person your advocacy person they will speak for you when you can't speak because you will let them know your needs and your wants and all of that and they are just really great support person during labor that way you don't have to make all those decisions they already know what decisions you wanted to make and they advocate for you and they can help you remind you what your goals are um what things worked for you like oh you know what thinking of different colors worked for me thinking of a mountain like you're almost at the top of that mountain um I actually read a book before I went to labor with Olivia I read a lot of books but there was one that talked about a mountain it's a mountain. It's a mountain. Labor is a mountain. And throughout this book, I would send pictures to Colby so he would kind of know because he was my support person, or one of them anyway. And I actually sent it to my other support person at that time. And so during labor, when I was in labor with Olivia, he would say it's a mountain. At that time, it was so annoying. Um, but it actually kind of helped because he did make me chuckle and laugh as much as I could anyway. But I also wanted to punch him. Like, it's not a mountain. I'm in freaking labor and this freaking hurts. And this is what I want, but it freaking hurts. And I don't think I can do this. <laughs> but that that goes to, into talking to your partner about what you want. Remind me of this. Remind me of this during labor. Um, one of my support persons, she just breathed the whole time. She would deep breathe. Inhale, exhale, because a lot of us will hold our breaths. And that was one thing that I did when I was in labor with Tedwin. I just thought I had to get through the contraction. So I just would hold my breath and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm getting through the contractions. It's fine. No. So, and I ended up being stalled in labor for a while at like a six. And that's more than likely why, because I was holding my breath. And when you hold your breath, everything tenses up. And if you breathe then you can relax and let your pelvic floor open up and dilate more. And that's what you want during labor. You want to progress. You want to dilate. So don't just hold your breath. Learn how to breathe through those contractions and breathe in a good way to connect to your pelvic floor so that can also open up. Um, which After I learned that, I was so pissed that no one told me. No one told me that I needed to breathe. I'm sure there was multiple nurses that came in and saw me hold my breath. And it's just crazy that we're not told that. I mean, and I should have, you know, educated myself more and looked up more things. But honestly, I think at, it should be mandatory for any pregnant person to take a pelvic floor workshop, a pelvic floor class, see a pelvic floor therapist, honestly. However, you know, sometimes that's not in the cards, but just have some sort of pelvic floor education because those are the muscles that go through labor those are the muscles that are affected by labor and tearing and all of that I will say during Tedwin's birth I had this amazing nurse now one of them wasn't that great actually during that day they came to check me and I was squirming a little bit because it hurt and she's like you know like like birth is gonna hurt worse than this I was just like, really? Like, I'm not saying that, but honestly, if she would have told me to breathe 
and relax, I probably could have instead of squirming and it hurting more. Anyway, but I had an amazing nurse that night and I was at a, I was progressing more that night and I was at a nine, actually nine and a half, I think it was nine or nine and a half. And I guess I had been going too long or whatever. My doctor wanted to go to a C-section and I started crying and bawling. And I was like, I did not come this far to end up on a C- in to a C-section. Nothing's wrong with that. But I was just in that moment of I'm right there, you know. And so my nurse actually advocated for me. And she was amazing. She was like, no, you can do this. And she looked me in the eye and she said, if you don't focus right now and breathe and get this half centimeter done, you will have a C-section. And I was like, okay. And her looking me in the eye and just saying that and says, you got this, made me just like snap out of it and, you know, focus on my breathing a little bit more and just try to relax a little bit. It helped me progress and I was able to have him vaginally and it was a lot better. But then again, I look back at the video that my mother-in-law took at the time. It's a great video. You can't really see anything, but it's amazing. Very makes me tear up every time I see it, but I was holding my breath a lot. And I'm like, why would not anybody talk to me more and tell me it's okay to breathe? You know, this actually, if you breathe, it helps your pelvic floor. So you don't have to push or hold your breath as much. It's so crazy. So during Olivia's, I had my support person that just breathed with me and she would inhale and exhale. And that would me hearing that because most of the time I had my eyes closed during Olivia's labor. So when I would hear her breathe, it would remind me to breathe. So I wasn't clenching my teeth or holding my breath, all of those things, because breathing and not clenching your teeth and not clenching your body is how you relax your whole body and your pelvic floor. I actually gave birth to her on my hands and knees on the bed. The head of the bed was up and I was leaning against the head of the bed. I loved it. I didn't love it at the time. I was, I kept on saying I can't do this, but I had amazing people there that reminded me that they, that I could do this and I did do it and it was, it was awesome. I would highly recommend just learning what your body goes through and how to have a natural birth because it was great and it was very good on my pelvic floor. I didn't tear at all with my natural birth, but I did with Tedwin, which, you know, is very interesting, right? Like with the natural, I didn't tear as much, even though I didn't know as much about my pelvic floor at that time either, but I knew a little bit more than I, you know, it's just like you learn a little bit more. It's never bad to learn more about your body. It's never bad to educate yourself more, to ask questions. That way you can have the best experience that you can for your labor, for your childbirth. Because you only get to birth that baby once. And I don't know about you, it's a lot better when it's a a happy experience versus a more traumatic experience. And sometimes we can prevent a more traumatic thing happening, but sometimes we can't. And we have to prepare our body and our support person for that as well. 
So that leads me into like postpartum depression and because having a traumatic birth can onset that and really start that off and it just kind of might go worse from then like not being able to cope with how your birth went because you had all these plans because you thought it would go this way and that way and but it didn't having to cope with that and accept that this is your story and that's okay sometimes and then learning from that experience and talking about that experience to other women so they know what happens and they can learn from it or you can just spread awareness of hey this is what happened I want to talk about it because I don't want it to happen to others or I just want people to know about it that way they can make either different decisions or just be prepared a little bit more for the aftermath of all of that just multiple things during pregnancy during childbirth during labor the postpartum period that isn't talked about and we just say oh that's normal oh you tore that's normal um oh, you held your breath, oh, you had to have an emergency C-section, all of those things that people just kind of brush off, we need to start talking about. Talk about your labor story. Talk about what you would do different, what questions you would ask, what you would have there at, at your access, like all of those things. And I'm so glad I'm here spreading this awareness. That way other people can have more educated births than I did. My goal is to reach as many women as I can to talk about life after childbirth. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please share on social media and let me know what you liked about it. If you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you feel persuaded to do so, leave a review so we can reach others and begin to talk more about life after childbirth.